Maintaining and developing donor relationships is fundamental to your nonprofit success. During economic downturns or financial hard times, this can be a unique challenge for nonprofit leaders. So what can your organization do to lean into relationships during these seasons? I'm Josh with Antidote, and welcome to Nonprofit Pulse, where we explore trends, insights, and resources that help nonprofits accomplish their mission. On this episode, we're joined by Stephanie Schwartz on the topic of maintaining and developing donor relationships and how nonprofit leaders can continue to build authentic relationships through financial hard times. For almost 20 years, Stephanie has worked inside and outside of nonprofits, bringing expertise in leadership, fundraising, and major gifts. She is the CEO of Little Bean Group, providing fundraising strategy, support, learning and development, and thought leadership to nonprofits and institutions. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for coming on Nonprofit Pulse. Thanks, Josh. Great to be with you. Yeah, so today we are talking about maintaining donor and supporter relationships uh, during economic hard times or downturns. Um, and, you know, I've, I've said this previously on the podcast, it's, it's kind of a question, are we in a recession? Are we going to go into a recession? Uh, no one really knows. Uh, the latest comments from the Federal Reserve seem to indicate that we may avoid a recession. But, but either way, uh, times are, are difficult for many right now. And I believe many nonprofits are uh, starting to see a dip um, in donations and gifts. So, you know, first, let's just talk about uh, economic downturns and, and how this impacts both donors and organizations. Um, you know, first, donor side, right? What are some unique challenges that, that donors are going to face uh, during an economic downturn? Sure. And let me be clear, I'm I'm not an economist or a banker, so uh, I have no insights necessarily into the economy. And I say that because I, I think for donors, there is a perception now, whether it's reality or it's just the, how they feel, that the economy is struggling. And even though we see that unemployment rates are low and that there are other uh, strong economic indicators, people feel insecure. When the market is volatile, people feel insecure. With uh, Certainly nobody likes interest rate hikes. That doesn't make anybody feel good. And I think it's important to recognize that that's how donors feel. So whether or not that's the reality, that's how donors feel. And I think it's important, you know, just for people who work in organizations to put ourselves, you know, think about ourselves, right? We may also feel insecure, even if our jobs are secure and our families are are okay. So it's important to, I think, take a step back and, and have that perspective. Um, at the very high level of the, the gift table, for people who are very, very philanthropic and very wealthy, there are possibly some challenges in terms of how people are thinking about making gifts. So are they making gifts from their wealth or from their income? Um, I, you know, it depends. For people who are making gifts from, um, from DAFs, donor advised funds, or other charitable uh, giving vehicles, um, they are probably doing okay, but they still may feel insecure. Um, whereas uh, donors who give smaller gifts or people who give directly from their income may also feel um, insecure given the economic situation and may have actually had um, hits to their income, which would obviously impact their personal giving. Yeah, so so let's talk about the organization side. So what are what are the, some of the challenges that um, in economic downturns that that nonprofits face? Uh, you know, of course, with the revenue side, but but even beyond that, um, you know, supporters, volunteers, those things. You know, what are what are some of those challenges for nonprofits? I think in 
times of insecurity, people tend to turn inward. It's a natural, I think, defense mechanism. And so I've heard this for uh, for many of my clients that things are sort of down and slow um, overall. So staff morale is is down. Staff burnout is high. Uh, donor, you know, the, the donor situation we've we've touched on. Donations are at best flat. Um, and even for organizations that are that are doing okay financially, the donation the increases are are lower or less than they have been in the past. And I've also heard that volunteer volunteer numbers are down uh, as well. So organizations feel when times are are hard that I think employees turn inward and and external stakeholders turn inward as well. And I think generally there's less enthusiasm and collaboration for uh, the work that the organizations are doing. Yeah. And I would think the the time resource for both donors and organization staff would be impacted too, right? Like we know several families uh, and friends and, and, you know, people connected with us who uh, were single income and, and now because of inflation and prices and, like you mentioned, insecurity, they've gone to, you know, the, the other spouse going back into the workforce. Uh, and that that takes away time for volunteers, um, as well as for organization staff who may be picking up a second job, a second part-time job, or or entering the gig economy with Uber, or Lyft, DoorDash. I, I would imagine that would also play into just the overall health of both the donor supporter and the organization. Absolutely. I mean, that's a direct that's a direct impact of an economic slowdown or recession. And uh, we were chatting, Josh, before uh, we started recording about the heat, right? Much of the United States is extremely hot. I mean, I just think that they generally like lethargic time now, um, even though there are people out there, just as you said, trying to pick up extra work and and trying to to make things work for them and their families. That certainly impacts um, giving, volunteering, I think overall morale, yeah, it's it's a it's like sort of a strange time and also not an easy time for for individuals and certainly for nonprofits as well. Yeah, so in this episode we want to talk about addressing those issues. So addressing limited resources, insecurity around income, and how can nonprofits really lean into maintaining uh relationships with donors, with their donors and their supporters. So what are some tips uh, that you've seen working around uh, your clients, around the nonprofit space, things that you would encourage nonprofits to do? Sure. It's a great question. And I I will frame it as follows. I think there are things to do. So I want to talk about what to do, but then I also want to talk about how to do it, because I think those are two uh, unique awesome. perspectives, yes. but, but are both important. So when we think about donors overall, um, so my background is, uh, and my work is mostly focused on um, major gifts. So I think I'll, I'll start from that vantage point first, which is the mo- like, I think really the most important thing organizations can do right now vis-a-vis their supporters and donors is to communicate with them, build relationships with them, and steward them. So communicate what you're doing, what the impact is. You can, I don't, I've seen some organizations sharing, you know, big summary emails of, you know, all that they've accomplished in the last year. And I would lean toward a leaner and I think more personalized approach, taking the opportunity, you know, throughout the course of the month on multiple occasions to share stories of impact, to share, you know, small updates in a way that can connect with people uh, more individually and personally. For donors, I would spend the the dog days of August just on the phone, just picking up the phone and calling 
donors with no other agenda than to say thank you so much for your ongoing support. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you're doing. I mean, really just expressing gratitude and thanking donors and using those phone conversations as an opportunity to build relationships, just hearing how people are doing, uh, asking them if you don't already know, how did they first get involved with you? Why is the cause and the issue important to them? What else do they support in the community? Having conversations, getting to know people, building relationships is is so, so, so important uh, and impacts obviously what donors may give this year. Um, but putting that aside, it's even more important in the long term in, term, in terms of securing um, future donations. I'd also encourage organizations to think about, are there ways in which you can bring in other streams of revenue? Usually when we talk about fundraising and my work focusing on mostly on individual giving, we're always talking about uh, gifts from individuals and and cultivating, you know, large donor, donors for, for larger initiatives. But are there some things you could try in the short term to bring in um, different types of, of revenue? Could, is there an event where you could sell tickets that might uh, offset the cost of the event? Can you try some small, some smaller um, specific fundraising drives and initiatives to cover certain things that your organizations are are doing. I serve on the uh, board of a local nonprofit in the DC area, uh, the Greater DC Diaper Bank, and I saw they just did a, a mini campaign for wipes for baby wipes. There's a big need, um, and they sent out a really nice targeted campaign to their supporters and and linked specifically to the Amazon store where you could purchase the wipes and have them be sent directly to the bank. And um, and I can see on the back end how successful it's been. And so every wipe that's purchased and donated is, you know, one less than that, that the organization has to purchase in order to be able to, to share it with those in need. Um, organizations, I think, can be very creative in terms of thinking about short-term and longer-term uh, revenue diversification. I love that. Yeah. So, so outreach, exploring new programs and services, and, you know, just on the outreach side, I love how that would differentiate um, your nonprofit from potentially some others in that you would be calling your donors with with no agenda, agenda just saying, hi, thank you for supporting us. Uh, we want to know who you are. We want you to know who we are. You know, the, the fact is most nonprofits are are not going to do that, whether that's a decision um, as far as time resources or they don't simply have the staff to do it or they're not comfortable um, I think that's a huge opportunity to differentiate uh, your nonprofit from from others uh, with that personal outreach. And then the new programs and services, so helpful. And there's so many needs that that nonprofits know exist, but just haven't been able to uh, spin up a program or, or a service to help with those. And, you know, I, I saw a, a nonprofit of Antidote recently sending out a survey um, asking, what are what are some of the priorities you would like to see in our nonprofit uh, in the next year? And I thought that was just brilliant to really get buy-in from your donor base, from your supporter base, on what kind of impact they would like to see when it comes to your mid-year report, your end-of-year report, uh, so that you're really matching that impact with those dollars that, uh, as we mentioned, are maybe getting more scarce um, as the economy kind of goes through its cycle. That's I love that survey idea. I actually have not um, heard of that, and I I love that. Um, I'm reminded that uh, last week I got an email from an organization that I have supported over the years, uh, but I guess it had been a little while, and they sent me a personal email and said, 
definitely we're reaching out to people who have supported us in the past, but we haven't talked to recently. Um, we would just love to hear about how your experience was with us. It, it's a refugee resettlement organization. So there's a lot of hands-on work. And I thought, oh, the, and you know, and there was nothing in there about fundraising. And I sent them an email back and he sent me some uh, some other information about <clears throat> some of the ongoing needs in the community. And it was nice to feel like somebody solicited my advice. I could respond in a, you know, it just took a couple of minutes, but I had a really positive uh, interaction with the organization and it put it back on, it put itself back on my radar uh, with what required probably pretty low effort from the organization's end. I think sometimes in, in fundraising, because it is so metrics driven and data driven, we think about, okay, everything we must do, it must lead to something else and there must be a measurable result. And I think this is a time to put that philosophy a bit to the side, that the only measurable result you need from reaching out to people is just time on the phone with them or emails with them. It's, it's just communication. There's really nothing else that needs to be measured or tracked. You just need to get on the phone with people and talk to them. Yeah, what are some thinking about the supporter side of this equation? What are some uh, some ideas that nonprofits can lean into uh, their their volunteers, uh, those who have, may serve uh, in different chapters or or even board have a board presence in different chapters? What are some ideas for nonprofits to lean into the uh, supporter relationship during these hard times? It's a good question. I think for board members and other uh, long term stakeholders and supporters who are really familiar with the organization, they can be people who can make calls to donors to say thank you and just to chat with them. I think uh, I think board members reaching out on behalf of the organization and, and almost playing that staff role, but talking you know, from supporter to supporter is really effective and impactful. And I think it's really nice for the, uh, for the board members and volunteers to have that role. I would think about in the next couple of months, some kind of volunteer um, appreciation activity. It doesn't need to be an event that takes up a lot of time. It may be a conference call with the CEO or executive director or a Zoom, just some time that's devoted to people who have given of their time in the past who are often not stewarded in the ways that that donors are just to you know have the opportunity to have some face time with organizational leadership or uh, people who are served by the organization. I think you can, in essence, treat them the same way as you treat donors, spending time with them, learning their stories um, and just understanding why they're motivated to to give of their time or, or other resources. This podcast is brought to you by Anadip. With billions of dollars processed in donations and more than 25,000 organizations served, Antidote saves your organization time and money. Find out more at antidote.com. A-N-E-D-O-T.com. Antidote. Save time and money with powerful giving tools. Yeah, thinking through uh, some opportunities with donors um, during economic downturns, is there an opportunity there to... as, as Nonprofits build relationships with these donors. Is there an opportunity to say, um, hey, we, we, we know um, your giving may have decreased or you've had to pause in giving, but we would love to invite you um, to just serve with your time and really onboard them into the supporter volunteer side um, of the nonprofit. Would that be uh, appropriate or helpful? I think absolutely. I, I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that I wanted to talk about 
what to do and also how to do it. And in terms of, of how, that's absolutely something that has been top of mind for me, asking people, is there a way you can be and stay connected that you're comfortable with? And to a donor, that might mean making a gift that they are comfortable with that might have been less um, than they've given in the past. It might be serving um, as a volunteer. It might mean coming to a program. I think when you take giving out of it, it really forces organizations to think about, okay, how do we actually connect our supporters and our donors and our stakeholders to our work? And that you need to think of things that don't just involve money. Um, so yes, I think that's definitely an opportunity. And certainly volunteering is really top of the list in terms of how people can can help. Yeah, I know uh, at Antidote, we've seen success in our customers with an upsell asking, hey, you know, you're, you want to give $50 today, but would you give $10 per month instead? And yeah. uh, donors actually, most donors will, um, will do that. Um, you just have to ask them for it and have the technology to ask them for it. But, you know, there you're looking at $120 of revenue yeah. um, versus the one-time $50 gift. And I think it it brings them kind of deeper into a commitment to the organization to where then you can have that conversation about, um, you know, we know you're a donor, but we'd love to have you as a volunteer or a, or a supporter or even a, a potential board seat, you know, if you have a, a need for that. For sure. And I, I completely agree uh, with you and Anadot thinking there, there's so much data to back that up. And, and I think it goes without saying, so, so someone then becomes a $10 monthly donor, they surpass the 50 and then you know you, the the retention rate year over year with monthly donors is is quite high. Um, I think converting lower dollar you know one time annual donors to monthly donors is a really nice way to make giving feel more acceptable to people and also offer organizations the opportunity to better um, steward people and bring them into the fold because they're they, they're with you every month. So anything that goes out, um, they receive. Uh, I just was looking at an organization today that I was thinking of supporting, and I noticed on their website there was a um, there were various giving levels, and it had the monthly what the monthly donation is that adds up annually to that level. And I thought, oh, I haven't actually seen that in a while. Usually, you see you know there's a prompt you know asking you to give an amount, and then do and then or do you want to give it monthly? But this was looking at the whole amount, the whole gift and breaking it down monthly um, right in front of you. And it, I thought that was well done. Yeah. So let's talk about any, anything else on the how side of, of how to do these things um, that you'd like to share. Yes. So when you are talking to people, donors, foundations, stakeholders, uh, volunteers, anybody, you have to be kind and empathetic, right? We don't necessarily know People's situations from the outside may look fine, and we may not understand why they have decided to skip a year in giving or decrease the gift, but we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, and we need to be kind uh, and understanding and proceed with care and empathy. Now, that's not to say we back off and we don't you know, ask people to support us, but we have to be kind and empathetic and uh, know that there are people who are struggling or people who have had significant things, you know, expensive things pop up in the last year and, and we may not know about it. Um, I think we also need to make sure that we're continuing the conversation 
with people. So if someone says, no, I can't give this year, or you know, usually I give 10,000, but I, I'm only going to be able to do 5,000 this year, that we take the time to thank them for everything that they have done previously, all the time they have given, the support they've given, the donations they've made, that we make sure we take the time to appropriately thank them. Um, I think you can never, you need to thank people genuinely, but if you are genuine in your approach, you can never thank people too often. And um, I often see organizations are so quick to sort of adopt the sales approach and try to, you know, get that person back in the sales pipeline and negotiate. And I don't, that may produce a short-term result. I don't want to discount that, but I don't think it suits organizations well in the long term. And it makes people feel pressured and just generally sort of icky and turned off. I do think it's okay to say, um, you know, if I'm soliciting you, Josh, and you're sharing with me that you're going to need to likely lower your support this year, I think it's completely appropriate to say, Josh, thank you so much. We would be grateful for anything that works for you this year. Is there an amount that you're comfortable with? Like we can ask and try to move and move the ball forward. That's our job, but we need to do so with kindness and empathy and treat people like people. And going back to earlier parts of our conversation, also make sure to offer ways that people can stay connected if they're looking to take a step back um, through uh, <clears throat> uh, continuing to attend events, staying on mailing lists, um, perhaps volunteering. Like just because someone says no now, it's not no forever. And I have seen, I was out, um, I was a big time frontline fundraiser in 2008 when really everything crashed. And um, I remember working with people who said, like, I definitely cannot give this year. It's just not going to happen. And I really pushed people to say, that's okay. You know, we're here for you. We don't want you to, you know, completely disappear and and leave, a, you know, leave the fold. And we really made a big effort to stay in touch with people and maintain those relationships. And I have seen um, people who gave, you know, a couple thousand dollars or $10,000 back at that time who are now, you know, significant six-figure donors. So we need to make sure that just because somebody says no now that we don't let them go away because they will likely give more in the future, especially if you stick with them. I love that. I love that. And, you know, just a few thoughts. Um, when nonprofits see donations, whether it's a monthly donation uh, be canceled um, or they get an email uh, or a phone call about reducing their gift, um, sometimes it can feel as though uh, it's really transactional and, oh, no, you know, we've lost this donor. Um, not understanding the donor's perspective that they are truly sad and impacted by the fact that they can't give, especially a long-term long -term donor. Um, and as you mentioned, just having that empathy and, and kindness in, in approaching that situation, because it really bothers a lot of donors when they can't meet their commitments to a nonprofit they love. And also, too, I love about keeping in, in contact with donors who, who may not be giving any longer um, and just shows what, what a relationship truly is with these donors as, as individuals, as people. Um, and it shows that it's not transactional, that, oh, you no longer give, so we're going to remove you off our list. Right. Um, I love that, keeping people on the list, keep engaging with them, um, and possibly even segmenting that out into a you know, uh, future volunteer um, list as well, knowing that they can't give right now of their financial resources, but maybe they, they do can't, or they can, um, give of their time. Um, so I think that's just a, a great opportunity. Keep leaning into those, uh, to the outreach, to the communication, um, showing that you care about them and that this was not a transactional relationship, but 
you you really um, value them and their support. Yes, and just to put a finer point on that, because I, I talk about this topic a lot, and and I think sometimes those of us who do this a lot tend to sort of gloss over the details. By staying in contact, I mean specifically leave people on your email list, leave them on event lists. If you know their birthday or another significant date in their life, maybe it's noted in their record or it's you have it in your calendar every year as a recurring event, send them a quick birthday greeting, send them a birthday card. Um, make sure you send people a holiday card. I, I think I think looking at people whose gifts have either decreased or have um, dropped in the last year is a wonderful like, segment of people to target for um, <clears throat> cards and calls around the holidays. I think if you're a donor who has not been able to give in the last year and is feeling a, you know, a bit down about that or depending whatever is going on uh, in your life, how nice to get a call from someone just wishing you happy holidays, happy new year with no other agenda and just saying, oh, Josh, I was thinking about you. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope you and your family are well. Um, I'm wishing you all the best in the new year. What a nice, what a nice thing to receive as a, as a donor. So I don't think it needs to yes, be. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a lot. It doesn't need to be, you know, a whole big campaign. Over the top, just yeah. meaning, meaningful touches that, that engage people and let them know that you're thinking about them. Yes. And, and just a final thought on the, uh, on the lapsed donor or the uh, donor who, who has to scale back their giving. You know, a donor could be giving 10000 a year for 10 years, and then they recently have to scale back to 5000 per year. Um, and really thinking through an empathetic lens there, that 5000 they're giving may be harder to give right now than all the 10000 yeah. each year they did previously. And so thinking through that lens of, of being able to bring kindness and empathy to those communications and, and that relationship, um, it's, it really does impact donors when they have to either stop giving or, or reduce their giving. Yes, I, that is such a salient point for me. I was just working with a client and we were talking about some older donors who've had some changes to their uh, financial situations and have had um, multiple grandchildren be born and they're reallocating some of their um, financial resources. And someone made that same point, you know, this gift that they're giving this year is lower, but it is harder for them. And it is more meaningful that they have stepped up to give it this year because it's not as easy as they used to be. And I think that's such an important point to keep in mind. I'm so glad that you raised it. Yeah, so Stephanie, uh, imagine you're standing on stage in front of a thousand nonprofit leaders and you can uh, give one word of encouragement, one sentence of encouragement to the audience around maintaining uh, donor and supporter relationships during economic hard times. What would you say? Great question. I would say take the time to build and maintain genuine relationships with all of your donors and supporters. Love it. Love it. Any resources out there, Stephanie, that you would recommend to our uh, audience? Sure. Um, I subscribe. I write a monthly um, newsletter that's full of information on this topic and others so people can always um, subscribe to my newsletter. I also find it really beneficial to follow different organizations online on LinkedIn or sign up for their newsletters. It's really interesting to receive, to just look at how other organizations communicate. 
Um, and to think about from your perspective, like receiving the information, how does it fit with you and how does it land with you? I always encourage my clients to sign up for the newsletters and, and updates from other um, organizations in their general area or in their space. Awesome. Yeah. And you can find uh, the links that Stephanie mentioned in the show notes of this episode uh, over at nonprofitpulse.com. Stephanie, thanks so much for coming on and, and love this conversation. Thank and you, I Josh. hope it's helpful to our audience. Uh, thanks for bringing all of your expertise and ideas and, uh, and would love to have you on again in the future to talk about major gifts. I love that. Thank you so much, Josh. This has been a really wonderful conversation. Hey, thanks for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others or leave us a rating and review. To find show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit nonprofitpulse.com. There you can also sign up for the Nonprofit Pulse monthly newsletter, releasing the latest trends, insights, and resources to help nonprofits accomplish their mission. We'll see you next time.